No, first Gordo, no. Second, uh, I feel like you jumped onto that so fast that you missed an opportunity where Joe finally told an awful joke that we could have let die, but you didn't give him that moment of silence afterwards. Oh, finally made one? He makes a bad joke every week. Yeah, I appreciate that you said finally. You're giving me (laughs) a lot of credit here. That was a real Gordo joke. (laughs) (laughs) My jokes are funny. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Will and Grace. Will and Grace went 246 episodes over 11 seasons on NBC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Love and Marriage, originally airing September 21st, 1998. But to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and Nick. What's going on, guys? My best friend dropped a bomb of poo on my head. <laughs> All I can think about is how much you laughed. <laughs> yeah, I thought like, Gordo's laughing at that. There's two poo jokes in that episode. There is, and I, and I laughed. You laughed at both of them when <laughs> yes, I was Yes, I did. I also do want to, uh, quick note, depending on... Who's listing it? This episode is also just known as Pilot, but I figured I'd go with the spicier actual title. The one that, like, minimal effort was used. What's the actual title? Love and Marriage, depending on who's listing it. Yeah. And Will and Grace, like I said, 11 seasons, but originally only had eight. And then 20 plus years later, came back in 2017, and they had another run of three full seasons. Um, so that's how we got to that milestone. I can't believe there was 240 episodes of this fucking show. I just can't believe it. I can't believe there's two episodes. <laughs> um, We'll obviously get into it. There's a lot of things about, the, and we're only focusing on episode one, but there are a lot of dynamics of this show that changed as the show evolved, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to just talk about episode one. The show is weirdly rooted in the past, too. They make a number of references that I was like, I get that, and I... Sh- that's not like normal. I mean, like they referenced Stephen Edie, who we brought up recently, and uh, George Burns. Like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this for? George Burns was still around. When was this aired, Jay? Ninety-eight. He was. He was still alive. Was he, he still alive it- in ninety-eight? Well, yeah, but they're referencing the George. I think he made it to like one hundred two or something like. Yeah. That. Yeah, but they're referencing his show from nineteen fifty. Well, you know, it's it's George Burns. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> cannot do that. Whatever I think about it. Well, that's like, you know, if you talk about something in the 50s being, you know, talked about in the 90s, that's not too far away now from us talking about something that happened in 98. Crazy enough, you know, that's 30 plus years. So, yeah, I mean, I would reference the 60s. It's just weird to me that George Burns had a huge career and they're like this show that's like progressive and all this stuff. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. I can't, I can't stop myself from doing it. I've been doing it all weekend. Just to correct myself about. 25 years i don't want to i know math me me good at math but um yeah so will and grace uh is this a show that any of you guys watched at all or at least familiar with what's your understanding going into this yeah i saw sporadic episodes in the past i was just gonna say it's a show that i've obviously known about it's been so present in our culture but i had never seen a single episode of it that shocks me you really has watched almost every television show front to back a show like this that was right but he doesn't run he doesn't watch critically acclaimed ones he watches ones that are critically not acclaimed i watch the big ones too front to back i mean like you didn't you didn't watch friends 
You didn't no. watch? Uh, did you watch? Uh, oh, uh, Helen Hunt, uh, Paul Reiser. Not about you. Yeah, did you like watch that show? Not religiously, but I'd seen a bunch of them. Yeah, this is one of those shows that I would assume that you would at least come across, like not go out of your way for. Also, this, I, I was having this discussion earlier outside the podcast. How many shows need to be based in New York City? Like, it just seems so cheap, especially considering they were all filmed in Los Angeles. Like, I don't understand why so many shows needed to be based in New York City. Like, I think wh- it's depending on the vibe you want. A lot of, because we also talked about how many of them are rooted in the Midwest. So it's like, they, it's like pick a spot. You're either in New York, you're in LA, or you're in Nowheresville in the middle of the country that they don't really tell you where you're at. But yeah, yeah so if you want an East Coast show instead of necessarily Boston, even though we, we did Boy Meets World recently, which was Philly, they're just going to say, you're in New York, you're in LA. Like that's kind of in TV world, two of the only cities that exist. I mean, yeah. there were specific shows too. The creators of this show both created that terrible show, Boston Common. That was, you know. How dare you? I was going to say, <laughs> I, so I know bad. Ferg loved that show. You loved that show. I didn't love Boston Common. I loved Yes, Dear. You loved Fibish Finkel a lot. I do love Fibish Finkel. I'm not going to quote any of the quotes about Fibish Finkel we used to quote all the time. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, like Will and Grace's show, I have I feel like I've seen so many episodes, but don't, like I know the show, but I couldn't tell you this was a favorite scene or something big that, it was just kind of one of those ever-present things, so I've I've seen enough of it, but nothing like sticks with me very hard. This show to me is something I would describe as like a girlfriend's mom show. You know, like early in high school or whatever, and you were at your girlfriend's house and like, this is what her mom is watching. Like, this is the kind of thing. So like, you'd walk in, it would be like this or um, like Reba was a Dharma big one and too. Greg. Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Which I did confuse this with Dharma and Greg at first. I think, yeah. Um, it's just the naming convention. I yeah. Think, just only by, sure. Yeah. Simply by name and around the same time. We had talked before about doing a blank and blank month at some point because there's so many of them. There's yeah. Ned and Stacy, Dharma and Greg. Mark and Mindy. I was, I was about to say another one and realized it wasn't correct and just had to stop myself. What was it going to be? It was Joni Loves Chachi. It's not Joni and, and Chachi. Chachi. Yeah, <laughs> Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> a better Megan Mullally show. Oh, yeah. Mike and Molly? Oh, damn, I was just trying to think of that one, too. And I couldn't Nick think Loves Abashola. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do why that don't, one. Why didn't you see this show? Um, I feel like... We all, like Joe said, like your girlfriend's mom, like all these shows were on, but I don't think it was, I don't think this is one of those shows. Like, I feel like it was, obviously it was definitely on in syndication, but I feel like it wasn't as popular in syndication maybe as it was when it was on, on, because like you still see all like the Boy Meets Worlds and the home improvements and stuff like that. You still see all of those on TV, but I feel like I haven't seen uh, Will and Grace since they were like on the air and the original run, not even the new run. Yeah, I don't know. It has a market, but I think you look at a show like this, it's 98. It comes out. It's a bunch of young 30 somethings for the most part, the cast, the the main stars. Um, and it's, you know, it's, um, it, it's not friends, but it's that kind of dynamic, right? Like the younger, that kind of camaraderie type of show. But for us, when, when this came out, we were like 12 years old. So there's no appeal for us to watch it. Um, a boy meets world is family television. It was on TGIF. It was like the whole family can watch those. This was made for the audience that likens itself to the people being portrayed on the show. But at the same time, at, at this exact time in 1998, I loved Seinfeld at 12 years old, which is not made for our age group either, right? No. And I'm not saying, and the, a lot of people like our age, we all watched like Seinfeld and things like that. But that show has so many more, I would say, like cartoony like moments that can appeal to a child that 
aren't going to be replicated on a show like this. It's also strange to think about the fact that <clears throat> Seinfeld predates this show by almost a full decade. Yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't feel like that. You know what I mean? It feels like they were, I mean, they were both on at the same time, obviously, but you know, Seinfeld was towards the middle or no, the end the of very its end. run. Yeah. The very end of its run. And this one was just starting, but they don't seem too far away from each other. You know what I find a lot is, so the nineties feels like the nineties, eighties feels like the eighties. The early 2000s hasn't really developed in my mind as like a nostalgic thing. Even That's just like, because you don't want it to. We said we we said the same thing in the 90s, and then 2000s, Kevin, and now you can you know the 90s as the a thing. further you remove yourself from it, the more it feels that way. But like early 2000s, other than a few things, it doesn't piece in in my brain. No, I agree it's like with you. that's oh, so no, early I, I 2000s. Super do I, I like tw- uh, 2020 to 2010? Like. I have a lot of stuff like horror movies, like those, all those reboots, all the fast shaky cam shit that they like to do. The Matrix. I like, think that's what boy like bands, the, yeah. the first thing I think of is like boy bands. Found footage. Berg, speaking of horror movies, like when every movie was like a grandma found a tape in the basement. You're just like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're going to watch this for two hours now. And I watched all of them. They're almost all exclusively bad. I went on a kick where I watched like ah, any found footage I could find like recently and like. <laughs> They've actually like perfected the art like now, but back then it was like terrible. <laughs> I still stand by Paranormal Activity 3 is fucking terrifying and a great movie. <laughs> Found footage makes more sense now that everybody records everything they do at all times. So the likelihood of it being real makes more sense. And I think that's why they perfected it. Like the Blair Witch era, where it was just like this old Sony camcorder that they had. <laughs> it was just. Um, it would have been different today. I think we talked about this. There's there's a Netflix documentary from like last year called like a perfect family murder or something like that. But it's the first documentary I've ever seen, like a true crime documentary that almost everything is footage from their own personal Facebooks and from people's ring cameras and from like, like, so now everybody has so much footage in their house and they take so much footage of themselves that like found footage, I think is way scarier now because you're like, oh, that could easily be a horror movie. Like this, if somebody came into one of our screens and just started bashing our heads in, you'd be like, it's believable. We're currently videotaping ourselves. You get the ring camera, you get the security cameras in the house, you get the cell phone video that you take. The pet cubes. Yeah, there's a lot going on. For those of us with with doggos that we we feed while we're at work. Pet cubes? Yeah, so they they make these video cameras that, it's like a ring camera, but it's for your pet. You put in your house... And you can come over in two-way audio, and it shows the feed of what's going on in your house, so you can watch your dog or your cat, and you can talk to the dog, and you can actually dispense treats to it. It flings treats uh, <laughs> from your app. Do you do you have one? I'm buying one. That was my Prime Day. That Don't was be my, that guy. I, I I already am that guy. A friend of ours has one, and it is pretty cool. And like I've I've watched him use it. The only thing that's gotten in my head, and the reason I've never wanted to pull the trigger, is I feel like in a way you're getting the dog excited, thinking that you're home, only to reveal that you're not home. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Scott has. He doesn't have one of those, but he has the security cameras in his house, and he talks to his cat at work, and it like flips out like running around <laughs> just torturing animals while you're at work. i just picture that with the food thing well my wife works from home most of the time but like when she goes to the office like we get worried about the dog yeah i was She's thinking about for when i'm not home getting the um the poly sex robot from rocky four just for like companionship <laughs> happy birthday polly <laughs> <laughs> uh back to the show though 
I was going to say, we, at some we, point we should talk about Hungry. <laughs> I've been really enjoying these tangents. This um, <laughs> TV series is one of only four television series ever where all of the main cast members have won an Emmy for the show. Yeah. The other three shows are All in the Family, Golden Girls, and Odd Couple, which is kind of a cop-out, The Odd Couple, because there's only there's two, two of them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, still, they're there. This is only four. Yeah, but that's yeah, still like, because you have two main roles and then the two supporting roles. The Honeymooners were two. Four. four. The Neighbors Upstairs. Oh, actually, I read that wrong. Sorry. Um, the Odd Couple does have an asterisk on it. Um, it's actually All in the Family, Golden Girls, and Shit's Creek. Oh, wow. Hmm. Well, all great shows. And Shit's Creek we've covered. I think that's the only one of that list that we've covered in the past, if you want to go back. I can't wait to do All in the Family. Yeah, that's going to be a good a tease for Shit's Creek uh, possibly coming out with a new season. Oh, no um, kidding. What's her name? The... The one who plays the daughter, um, Annie Murphy, said it some, was teasing it in an interview. <laughs> Nothing confirmed or anything. You know what but... I just remembered, too, is that she was in that other show that was really good based in Worcester. Um, Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Yeah, I wonder if that's... I, I think it is coming out with another season. I just It is, when. yeah. I think they're doing two. We have yeah. to do that eventually, too. Well, in the meantime, we are talking about Will and Grace, which I think we can only postpone for so long. So, to get into this me. one... yeah, The end. All right, guys. So, how do you guys uh, rate this show? So, hold on. Quick, um, so quick description of the episode. Um, as according to IMDb, just a little blurb about it was when Grace gets a marriage proposal, Will risks their friendship by telling her what he thinks. Pretty simple premise. So that kind of buries the lead, and like I don't know. That just that like if I was to read like a the like little thing that pops up on the TV, and that's what it said about it. I feel like I would try to be more vague to like intrigue you. I feel like that gives a lot of the plot away. I'll say I'm glad I didn't read it until after. Not that it really matters because I am somewhat familiar with the show, but, and we'll talk about it in a second. The opening scene baits you to think a certain thing, and then the reveal comes halfway through that scene. So I'm glad I didn't already know the dynamic between Will and Grace before starting the episode. I'm just more mad that I kept waiting for Brett Butler to show up and she never did. The scene you're talking about, what were they going for, though? Because if you were tuning into that show, it's because you've obviously seen commercials for it back in the day. So you were tuning in to watch. You clearly know that he is a gay man. Well, uh, I don't remember what the early promotion Do for you? was. Yeah, and I'm sure it know. came out, but... Yeah, I don't remember. And it's that's one of those things, too, where television and the dynamic at which we watched, it was a lot different in the 90s. So say you were married and your wife wanted to watch it. She might know what the show is about. You might not yet. She might, oh, there's a new show premiering tonight. So some people might not know what they're getting into. And you might not remember the specifics by the time it actually airs. But yeah, to, to just talk about the, the first scene, it's, uh, you're at both, there's two locations. You're at Grace's apartment and Will's apartment. And the two of them are on the phone. And basically every time the two of them are talking, it's cutting between the two from apartment to apartment. And it starts with Will trying to get Grace to come over. And she's like, oh, I can't. Like, come on, Grace, you know you want to. She's like, of course I want to, but like, it's going to be a good one. I can feel it. It's like, it's always good. And then Will even asks if she wants him to um, talk her through it. So obviously they're making it sound like, well, if you're not coming by, let's have phone sex, right? That's what they're baiting you to think at this point, which in the 90s was like a big thing, right? Yeah, they had those 1-800 numbers that you could call. That was the, the, the golden day of phone sex, I would say all those sex lines that were like it's miss cleo we're gonna have sex tonight is that, <laughs> is that what that was <laughs> oh a child <laughs> that's why i called it uh i would say i guess like with technology changing right with the internet boom not it's like in its infancy in the late 90s phone sex i guess is still more prevalent i'm sure it still exists today you see like 
every now and again, if you're up at a weird hour, like the hotline commercials. I was going to say, I, I still see commercials. Um, I forget where I, at, what, what I was watching. It might have even been an internet commercial, but it was for one of those lines. I think that's more for the older generation that didn't quite acclimate themselves to modern day technology. So that's still how they get their rocks off. So like 50 year olds? Yeah. And up. Yeah. I feel like if I can't sleep and I'm watching either the Doug the Bounty Hunter or Cops channels on Pluto really late at night, those are the commercials you still see. But it's not not so much sexual as much as it's like, meet singles in your neighborhood. Like they try to disguise it a little bit, you know? What's the difference though? There is none. It's, There's none. It's just not saying flat out like this is a fuck line. Yeah. Well, I don't it's think they ever true. said that on the old commercials either. <laughs> you know what? There's my there's my idea. One eight seven seven fuck line. You're about thirty years too late on making any money on this one. <laughs> you know what's funny? It does remind me of when we were kids. There used to be a payphone in front of um the McDonald's. Oh, it's a Samuel's one that we used to call. Oh, is yeah. that? Oh, well, there was a few, but in any event, it was like. I just remember being around around this time, right? Like right around 98 or so when we're like 12 year olds and just dialing things like 1-800-BIG-BOOBS <laughs> and you just get like that free We've hotline. We've had this conversation on the podcast before, I think. No, Joe called Hot Teens. Hot Team. It was the Orlando Magic number. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yes, what it was. Yeah, yeah. Also, didn't Joe, didn't you call 911 from the one outside McDonald's? Someone sure else did. did. No. I don't remember that, but. So I do remember that. And Joe, I think you were with me. So we were in front of McDonald's. We were kids. And somebody hit 911 and left the phone off the hook. That was their prank. Dial 911 and leave the phone off the hook, which makes them drive directly to where that happened. Yeah, yeah. So now, flash forward, there's like three or four kids now standing in front of the payphone, which got me what was my first. I think ride in a paddy wagon <laughs> of three that I can think of in my life. <laughs> so you don't remember that? I could have sworn you were there for that. I don't think I was, or I just don't. I really, I don't remember. It. I don't know why. Because I just remember, remember the friend of ours at the time who, who did it and just being like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, what did you think was going to happen? You didn't tell us to run away or anything. You just did it. And we just yeah, the stood move there. there is, hey, everybody run. They were just sitting ducks. I also remember when we would walk to school, me, Jay, and Joe, to middle school, Joe would get a large Coke from McDonald's every morning, yes, every single day, large Coke from McDonald's. And then looking back now, I'm like, how does this kid have a pancreas? <laughs> well, you want to know the weird thing Joe teeth. used to do at the same time was he would also grab a bunch of packets of salt. Yeah. I used to eat the salt packets. It sounds awful <laughs> now. <laughs> you wonder why at 36, you're so broken. <laughs> I know. I don't get it. My stomach's all fucked up. Well, I mummified my stomach when I was 10. <laughs> yeah, now I can't eat bread. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like salt. I don't put salt on anything. But you ate packets. Yeah, well, I, mean, I was like eight years old. I don't know. That's weird, dude. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it now. <laughs> I don't care. It's weird. <laughs> You're in Maine. We don't know that. That's as weird as Jay drinking duck sauce back in the day. I, did I do that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. you did. Because we were all broke. You couldn't afford a drink, so you just get extra duck sauce and shoot it. Like, no, no. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not going to. I don't have a vivid memory of it, but it also doesn't sound like something I wouldn't do. So I used to drink a lot of Taco Bell sauce packets. I used to have a lot of those on me at all times. Uh, oh, my you God. You just so had them on you? <laughs> I yeah. keep that thing on me. Fire sauce, I'm guessing, right? That's the best one. I, th there's a story that goes with it, but I feel like we're already too far away from the show already, so we need to like maybe save Taco Bell sauce stories for the future. Anything to not talk about this show. We have a lot of show to talk about. This show made me feel like I ate Taco Bell. 
Hey, remember that time? Full? <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say it. I'm not really sure where all the hatred for this show comes from. I don't think it's that I'm, it's the worst show I've ever seen. And especially, especially you, Joe, uh, for the fucking garbage it, that you right, subject it's us not, to. It's and, not hatred. It's I got about 15 minutes in and I said, okay, when does this get funny? And that's never a good sign. I'll give you that. I don't think I don't think it was. I think it well, had its you know, moments. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I, I'm not I'm as gonna, hardcore. I don't want to blow are. my load here for the green lighter cancel, but like, uh, we'll just move on. I will say that I don't have like abject hatred towards it. I'm not like fuck this show. I don't want to do this episode. I just think it was very boring and not very funny. Yeah. Well, actually, and and before I get into it, the one thing I do want to mention is so this one wasn't any individual pick. This was like a a group pick. And essentially, the reason we did it was, this is kind of a show that's, it's a big show, and I don't know if well. any of us- Yes, it was the big show, Paul White. Um, but I don't think this was a show that any of us would have necessarily picked when you look at like kind of the things that we all aim towards. The spinning wheel picked this one, didn't it? The spinning wheel, yeah. We just put a bunch of shows on it that like we should do that necessarily wheel. wouldn't have picked, yeah. So this actually gets um, got wheel. the pick. <laughs> We really picked a bad show. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, we're not all on the same side, which I think is going to be good ultimately for when we talk about this. But we find out that him asking her to come over was not for sex; it was to watch ER with him, and that translates to a conversation about uh, like some sale that she was looking at, and she's talking about like this item of clothing that she puts on, and he's asking if it looks sexy or whatever. And while it cuts to Grace, we see a guy walk by. So now we know that Grace lives with somebody, or at least is seeing someone. So now we know these two aren't, if they are something, they're not, it's an extramarital thing, if there is something going on between them. But that kind of pivots directly after that, when we find out, he goes, is that Danny? And she's like, yeah, jealous. And he's like, honey, I don't need your man. I got George Clooney. And she says, sorry, babe, he doesn't bat for your team. Will says, well, he hasn't seen me pitch. So now we know Will is not interested in women <laughs> at all. So uh, the dynamic between Will and Grace is not sexual as they bait you towards in the beginning. It is they are just very close friends. The scene to me would have been way funnier if he was talking about the 80s ER. And he's like, I don't need you. I've got Jason Alexander. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> Isn't George Clooney on both of those shows? I think he is actually. Yeah. yeah. Now, Will and Grace is tough because the show is so iconic modern day. But if you try your hardest to remove yourself, the way they formatted that scene, do you feel like they had you tricked until the reveal? Yeah. 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 If, if I didn't know anything, which I, I tried my best to forget, they got me. Yeah. But if I felt like something was coming. So if you didn't know that that was going to be the reveal, you knew they were building towards a swerve of some sort. Yeah. You could see the misdirection coming. But if you didn't know he was gay, you you didn't know what the misdirection yeah, was. Yeah, like I thought the misdirection was kind of set up for you to just think that, oh, Grace has a boyfriend. They also just randomly dunk on Stevie Nicks here. <laughs> like, I hate <laughs> oh, Stevie yeah, Nicks and I yeah. hate Fleetwood Mac, but I was like, that seems like an uncalled for mean joke. I say it's like fat error or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the clothes look like her and her heavy years. But yeah, so that was the, the opening scene. And then we go into like the intro, which is very kind of this error, right? All it was was... Some upbeat piano music and like a title screen, some moving letters, and it reveals the title of the show, Will and Grace. Yeah, there's like two cards. It's like a title card and a created by card. Yeah, very simple. Works for the show. It's kind of like a get in, get out. We've had this conversation a bunch of times. Ferg hates this stuff. Do we know if that's the final thing or is that a pilot thing? 
I don't have any knowledge of an extended one personally. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. I, I haven't seen much of this. Show, I don't. But... I don't remember. Like I said, I used to see it yeah. very sporadically, but like I know my sister used to watch this show. Seeing how much dialogue they pack into this episode, I feel like they need something quick so they can move along. So I I wouldn't be surprised if this is where it stays. So from there, we get to the next scene, which is in Will's apartment. And Will's playing poker with his friend Jack and then two other guys who are named Rob and Jergen. Uh, (laughs) They never announced their names. I just thought, like, Jergen? Why Why is that one of the guy's names? He's from a body lotion fortune. So, um... Maybe They're all playing poker. Yeah, it could have been. And he might be a character later on that gets like addressed more, but as far as here goes, we only know him from the scene. Maybe his name's Mike. Two Mike's hair have nicknames. True. That's and that's why we call you Jergen. <laughs> I'm Fergen. 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 He was Jergen off when he had his uh night home alone with his clicker. Ayo. <laughs> but uh so they they're all playing a hand of poker. It's uh Jack's turn. Jack, who we're meeting for the first time, he ends up being one of the main characters of the show outside of will and grace of course he's taking way too long and it's like annoying the other three at the table and he does like a weird like thing with his elbow to like push a card down it was very odd and he's singing show tunes and finally after all this time he decides to draw four he shows that he has an ace so he's able to do that and they're doing like a five card draw i think that's before modern day where we just all play texas hold'em now because that got popular on television for a while yeah, because that was on TV and it was like celebrity poker. Like, that's just the one we know now. Yeah. No, does anybody, I mean, everybody in this show isn't a bunch of stuff, but Jack, I feel like it's not his fault. Well, it is his fault. He shouldn't have said yes, but it's so hard for me to see him and not just Larry Fine. Yeah. He's just Larry from it. the terrible Fairly Brothers Three Stooges movie. And I'm like, why did you decide to do this? There's no way you needed the money. You were on this huge show for over a decade. You in the frizzy wig in the Three Stooges movie. How, how? How was he casted as Larry? He was good. Every single one of them did a good job. It was just a terrible movie, and you should never movie. remake the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's like a lighting in a bottle, and it's very stuck in its era. I have never seen what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. You should Google a picture of just the cast, or him as Larry. So the Fairley Brothers, who obviously did, like, there's something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber. Like, a lot of great stuff. Bunch of huge hits. They were attached to this project for years. And this movie took so long to come out, the people who were playing the Stooges changed 50 times over. And eventually it landed on him, Will Sasso, and I can't remember who played Mo. Was it Jim Carrey? No. It's, no, he was attached um, at one point, though. I think uh, Mo was um, a nobody. I think, um... Was it Glenn Gulia from The Wedding Singer? It's not I don't Glenn remember. Gulia. From Rockstar, Chris Diamanto. But so you, we know him from um, a few things. One of which being Silicon Valley. Uh, he's ah. the tequila guy, uh, the rich guy. Oh, the three comma guy. Yeah, oh, this guy fucks that one. He's, yeah, um, exactly. Oh, yeah. Bri- Brian from The Office. Yes, yes, yes. He was Mo. He was yes. Oh, now I double need to go back and rewatch this. Isn't he also Ralphie? When they no, is he? The dad, when they remember they did Christmas Story as a live action thing a few years ago with Matthew Broderick as the That's just the thing everybody does now. That's like everyone has those remakes. It was really bad, but he was in that too. I think he was the dad. Yeah, they had that successful Peter Pan one with um, Christopher Walken playing Captain Hook, and there was no going back. (laughs) By the way, um, Jack's played by uh, Sean Hayes. We're talking about, we didn't get into his name, so Sean Hayes. But we didn't even talk about actually Will and Grace. <laughs> we haven't even said their names. So uh, Deborah Messing plays Grace and Eric McCormick plays Will. Um, 
the two of them have both been in plenty of things, but forever. Attached Eric McCormick aged fantastically. Just saying, he was in a show me and Ferg watched not too long ago, and he doesn't look like he has aged a day. Nick, you'll appreciate this. He always reminds me of Steven Weber from Wings. I can see you making that connection. Yeah. I can see them being like cousins. Right, yeah. What, what a nice way that Nick went about saying, I don't agree with you. He's like, yeah, all right. I see how no, I, I, genu- I, could oh, see I see that. how yeah. you would see that. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so after that, Will's like, Jack, now that you're moving in, can I make one small request? He said, what's that? Change everything about your personality. So at this point, we've already established Will is gay. Jack appears to be a much more like eccentric, effeminate man. I know it gets addressed moments later. But like your first impression, do you think we're made to think that they're a couple? Is it or like are they get into it? I guess so quickly after that, I guess it's not addressed. See, no, I did not. But I don't know if that's because of what I know about the show. Had I yeah, not known yeah. anything about the show, uh, I could see me making that connection because you find that. out he's yeah. moving in with them. So I, I see how like that that could right. be thought of. But it does get addressed moments later. One of the other guys playing poker, forget what he did, but he he hummed something, but. Will interpreted that was him insinuating that the two might be seeing each other. And Will and Jack both immediately shoot that down. Before we move on, can we talk about how they're sitting in like director's chairs with fabric on them? I thought that was super weird. It's like what the actors sit on when they're waiting to go on set, but they had they draped fabric over them. And that was that's like his dining room set. It's I don't know. It, it was really weird. It was meant to look like those like plushy, like almost circular chairs, like cushion chairs. But clearly it wasn't. Yeah. This is one of those New York shows too, but this time it makes more sense where it's like he's clearly a very successful lawyer, but that is like a million dollar New York apartment. Oh, nowadays, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be insane money. Like his character with his job makes sense to live there at least, not a bunch of unemployed coffee people or whatever. They address it with both knowing what he does for a living and it does later get discussed essentially that that is why Jack is moving in to kind of help find like it. He needed the rent, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Jack, upon hearing this guy thinking that they might be together, says, you know, okay, first of all, Will should only be so lucky. He said, and to clear things up, he's like, you don't even know me that well. Why would you just assume I'm gay? And everyone starts laughing, Will included. And he says, most people who meet me, by the way, don't think I'm gay. And Will's like, Jack, blind and deaf people know you're gay. Dead people know you're gay. (laughs) And I think it's like one of those things where it's nice because they play, Will and Jack are both gay characters, but polar different, right? So they're they're not they don't play gay the they, same. They way. play both ends of the spectrum as far as yeah. that goes. And I think it's okay because now you can have someone like Jack be a little bit more eccentric, but Will can bash on him in a way that's not hateful because it's coming from someone else who's also gay. So whereas if one of the other guys at the poker table said the same thing to him, it's very mean. But it's okay if Will saying these things to him because Will kind of he bashes on him quite a bit actually throughout this episode. Well, Grace insults him later, and she ain't gay. Yeah, that's true. Later, I think it's um it's also one of those things where I think a lot of shows that I've seen at least I don't just from what I've seen there's a lot of you know they'll either play gay characters like Jack or like Will, and there's not always a lot of intermingling. It's just like we want to present gay people as this or that. A lot of things I've seen again. Right, I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of examples otherwise where there's more things like this. But I think this show does a good job of showing you, like anything else, like straight people, like anything, not everyone is the same. So it doesn't have to be like the birdcage where every gay character is Jack, essentially, you know? 
Not in the birdcage. Um, Robin Williams is pretty straight. Like When he has to be. It was more like for show, if you remember. It was more like, hey, my future in-laws are coming by. Act like my dad. Yeah. But anyways, that's, you know, I just like the way that they represented these two characters and was able to show two different dynamics of two different homosexual men on the show. It seems weird to me that they seem to be going to such a degree of being like, and I'm obviously this, it's a hard way to say it, but like normalizing these relationships and everything and trying to make like a progressive show on TV. And then Karen is just so racist on the phone later. And you're like, how yeah. can it be one, but not the other? Like, it seems like yeah. such a weird, a weird miss when she's on the phone later. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll be Karen very shortly. So Grace enters Will's apartment right here. And she's just like, I'm fine. And then just keep playing. And Jack goes, oh, look, it's Sporty Spice. So that's like a very 98 reference. <laughs> it's topical for the time. Yeah. Which, Joe, I know you hate that stuff because it gets dated. Nah, Spice Girls are timeless. Yeah, the Spice Girls are kind of timeless. So it doesn't really matter. It'd be like saying Madonna or something. Like, they ended up transcending it. Well, you roll the dice, right? You don't know what's going to hold up. Twenty. You gotta be careful, later. yeah. They got lucky on that one where I don't think it's as painful as it could be. I mean, if they had said, like, Hey, it's the Verve Pipe. You'd be like, oh, geez. She's more of a ginger spice than a sporty spice. Fair. I think he was just going by her attire. Oh, no, he's yes. dressed like sporty. That's the joke. She's yeah. dressed like sporty. Yeah, it was more, yeah, it was more attire based. Oh, yes. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to it. I just figured the, the red hair because that's the what big they red based. Hair, yeah. And I'm with Gordo spice. on that one. I can see it could have gone either way. They could have called her Spinger. Gordy Spice. <laughs> now, if you guys had were Spice Girls, what would your Spice Girls nickname be? No, first, Gordo, no. Second, uh, I feel like you jumped onto that so fast that you missed an opportunity where Joe finally told an awful joke that we could have let die, but you didn't give him that moment of could've silence afterwards. Yeah. Oh, finally made one? He makes a bad joke every week. Yeah, I appreciate that you said finally. You're giving me <laughs> well, a lot that of credit was, here. That was a real... Gordo joke. <laughs> <laughs> My jokes are funny. You don't even understand. I go to our. I understand, Gordo. I'm sorry. There's layers to your humor that just don't process to us. That's yeah, it's our like fault. a fine. That's onion. our little yeah. onion over there. Uh, fine yeah. onion. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call me Onion Socks. <laughs> Part scallion. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the Italian scallion. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so in any event, yeah, Grace is upset. She just got in a fight with her boyfriend and she said, I don't want to talk about it right now. I can't even think straight. And Will goes, that's funny. Neither can Jack. Again, it's, like um, yeah. he can say it. No one else can say it. It's fine. But then Jack goes, Grace, did you know I was gay when you met me? And Grace is like, my dog knew, <laughs> you know, we said it before. It's one of those, they play Jack a certain way, but because you have like the will to counterbalance. I don't know. I just think it, it, it did work to play it both sides like that. I feel like it's a bit heavy handed though, too. He plays a very extreme. They're constantly bringing it up, which is like, that's fine. If that's what you're going for, whatever, it just seems like I, I would pick on any sitcom. If they just kept hammering home one trait from a character the same way, you know, it doesn't matter that it's a lot of shows do that though. Yeah, like and I Cam think it's from modern family. An yeah, they do this a lot with Cam. This is that's a great example. This is very much like the relationship with Cam and um yeah Mitchell they, there. Mitchell. But they do it with Jack, Mitchell. but they don't do it with Will. So it's it, it they are treated completely different the way they handle that. It's ballsier considering the time too, though. I mean, this isn't widely as accepted as it is now, or even when Modern Family started. So yeah, they, they're true. like they're breaking ground with this too. So maybe they thought they had to lean into it. Like had that. to be heavy handed. If if anything, the show probably deserves a lot of credit for 
prominently featuring a right. show where there's like two two of the main four characters in the show are gay. Here's why I don't give it credit. It's being played. I know it's a comedy, but it's being played for laughs, but not in a good way. It's just showing the stereotypes. But I. But again, it's I don't know. But but Will doesn't play the character the same way Jack does. So I think that's the that's the balance. I almost compare this like this show what it does for gay people. What big bang theory does to like nerds where it's like oh look at the nerds in their little zoo like and that's just not how like nerds act i think i again i just think if, if if there's two jacks yes i think having will there changes the dynamic so after that line from grace we cut to later in the evening now everyone had left and it's just will and grace picking up after the poker game and grace is explaining the situation to will as to why she showed up and like, apparently it was like just something kind of basic, right? Some fabrics didn't arrive on time and she was unable to put together a presentation and she lost an account because of it. We don't know exactly what her job is. And was like, oh, I'm so sorry. What a disappointment. And she's like, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. But Danny said, well, when you put everything off to the last minute. So Grace snapped on him because he didn't, I don't know, appease to like her needs in that moment. And then her boyfriend said that she was acting just like her mother, which even further fueled it. And, he, and Will's like, you know, if you were on Jerry Springer, that would be the minute that you jump out of your chair. Another lucked out dated reference that lives on through time. So they, they're they like rolling the dice each time with, with dated references that keep sticking. Yeah, that one works, too, because everybody still remembers the classic film, The Ringmaster. Yeah, I have that on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, not no. a great movie. One day we should watch that and... um. The Jerky Boys movie as a, <laughs> as a double I feature. I love the Jerky Boys It's really movie. good. Yeah, I love the I CDs. I don't like Ringmaster, though. <laughs> the first two Jerky Boys CDs were good. Then it became scripted. But um, anyways, t- just to go back to this conversation, this is a somewhat relatable situation. It's not like an end of the world type of argument, but it's just you get to that point of a relationship where you're with someone for so long and these little arguments build up. And something that was probably insignificant to this guy, Danny, was a huge point to Grace because she was... She was upset. She lost out on money, clients. I think I was on Danny's side until the <laughs> you're acting like your mother comment. And then I'm like, oh, you fucked up, man. Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> I didn't actually know or pay attention really for that matter uh, that Grace and Danny were actually boyfriend and girlfriend. And this line really actually confused the hell out of me because I was like, I thought that he was like a one night stand because they didn't really go into it whether or not he was a one night stand or not, or unless I'm stupid. Also, oh, sure. you only saw him walk into the, the fact, the fact that will knew who he was. And when he was like, Oh, is Danny there? Like, yeah, but I mean, it, he's clearly best friends with grace. So, I mean, he could know that like, Oh, you've been That's trying to nail too. the hot yeah. guy at the, bar. I would, uh, my argument, I guess would be that grace walked into his apartment upset that they just got in a fight. And that's like, usually not a reaction to just some dude you're casually with. Well, not if he says you act like your mother. I mean, imagine how insulted that is, and he hasn't even met your mother, which is another show that we should do. How I Met Your Mother? Yeah, that's that's like a landmark. We'll get to it eventually. I'm sure we will, but I fucking hate that show. Well, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> <laughs> do it in another year when everybody forgets Ferg's uh, opinion on it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So after this, Grace is like heads off into another room, and she's still talking out loud, so you can hear. It's just like, what kind of person says that? You sound just like your mother, and Will to himself says a person you should have dumped a year ago and she can like kind of hear him and then goes, what? And his reply to cover it is, I said, I hear they're re-releasing Vertigo. Good Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Great movie. Again, a weird 
50s reference. I mean, I'm not against it. I love Vertigo, but like that's a weird. But I thought that joke was funny, right? That he joke was funny because well. they needed it to be something really weird to like say. Like it needed to be something that off. Now, what's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? Psycho. The Birds. I don't have one. It's like my, <laughs> I, I can't even name <laughs> other. Well, there's ones. a lot. Of, Strangers on a Train is a great one. North yeah, by Northwest. Psycho's the the big one. You did he also do um Throw Mama from the Train? He did. He did. You don't have a cousin, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> he had a TV show for a while. Presents. Too, he would do uh, yeah. 50, like, half-hour shows. The fact that we haven't made a movie about him yet starring Paul Heyman is a tragedy because he looks so much like Hitchcock now. The the side profile. I just think he doesn't want to shave the remainder of hair he has. Yeah. It took him this long to get rid of the ponytail. He just can't get rid of that, like, skullet thing. I would say the Penguin in the new Batman movie also seemed to be going for a bit of a Hitchcock-y type of vibe. Jack walks in at this point, and you forget that Jack's supposed to move in. So he's like, hey, Rumi, and he has his bags packed. Not really. Like, he has a giant hat box and a birdcage covered in a sheet. Here we are with the birdcage. <laughs> he's got Robin Williams in there. Huh, I'm in a cage. Huh, let me out. <laughs> Just come out of a skull. Dog. He says, what's in the hat box? Your tiara? So, yeah, Will... Will, who's gay, does the most really gay bashing. On him, yeah, yeah the, the most gay bashing in this episode comes from the other gay character. Jack was like, oh, ha, 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 and then says, he's talking to the bird that the, the cage is covered. You can't see the bird inside of it. But he goes, look, Wapo, he made a funny. Shut up, Will. And then he just says that he schlepped himself all the way over from the east side, and you know how much Guapo hates riding in taxis. And he's shaking the cage, and you see the feathers, <laughs> feathers coming, out, coming out, which yeah. I thought was a funny gag. Yeah. This is a great gag, too, to get around having to use a real bird, like just leaving the sheet over it the whole time. Yeah, probably. But it took me a minute to realize it was feathers. When he slammed it down, I thought bones fell out of the cage. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? And I had to, you know, go back. I was like, oh, okay. He was just eating a rotisserie chicken in the taxi. He just has a very large carrying case for it. No, I am God. (laughs) Not to stir up sad memories, Gordo, but remember when we were at your house and we just heard your bird go, it just died in the cage. That was uh vaguely that was his first, yeah. Vaguely. Uh yeah, it sounds about yeah. Sounds like a repressed memory that you're trying to dig up. <laughs> it's crazy that there are so many birds, because like birds like macaws and stuff live to be like eighty years old, so people end up getting them. Not when your mother chain smokes in the room with the bird. Like, you know, it's gonna, you know. Those misty 120s caught up to the bird. <laughs> this bird died of beak cancer. It's just like, what? I was gonna say, my mother was smoking the long ones. The long cigarettes. The misty 120s. I, yeah, I remember you used to steal them and you <laughs> with a long-ass cigarette. He goes, my mother was smoking the long ones. <laughs> 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 oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, geez. oh my god <laughs> just don't post it on facebook because my mother will see it <laughs> hi everyone my name is megan and i'm steve and together we host the stop ruining my childhood podcast a sometimes nostalgic sometimes cynical always humorous look back at pop culture Join us as we rewatch cartoons, movies, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question 
does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? Each week we talk about our childhood memories and dig into the history of everything we watch, sharing fun facts about how things were made and how they were received at the time. More importantly, we always start our show with a nostalgic snack review. Which is really our favorite part. Episodes drop every Thursday on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, YouTube. Really wherever you get your podcasts. So like, subscribe, and follow. And revisit your favorite childhood memories with us. All the links to listen are on our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. And then during this argument that he's having with Jack, Will goes, hey, take it easy, Jack. You sound just like your mother. So now we already know, like, in this world, that that's a terrible thing to say to someone, right? Because Grace is bent out of shape in another room right now because her boyfriend just said it to her. Now Will's saying it to Jack. And Jack, like horrified gasps and says you're crossing the line okay you nasty bitter lonely balding man will is not balding will has a phenomenal head of hair as a matter of fact good head of hair on the man said uh, i don't need this crap from you will you know what i just don't need it and he's like as he leaves he's going what time tomorrow he says eight is she's like fine setting up a recurring gag Here, yeah so this happens again later but again as i'm watching it i'm like i don't understand so all right grace is going through a lot will says you can stay over why can't Jack still move in tonight. Why can't Jack sleep on the couch? Yeah, just sleep on the couch. Sleep on I, the I couch. didn't understand that either. Yeah. Like, why didn't he even just offer like, oh, sorry. Like I told Grace, she can stay in your room tonight. Cause I didn't realize I forgot you were coming by tonight. I just thought it was weird that it was just like, get out of here. Yeah. You can't stay. Like, Will and Grace could have slept in uh, Will's bed together. Jack could have slept in his bed. They, like it wouldn't have been an issue with anybody. She obviously stays over there a bunch or the couch, just the couch. I mean, it just seemed weird that no option was presented. It was just like, sorry, Grace is here. Get out. Why? Or we haven't met her yet, but you then find out that her assistant is a rich person. She has options. Yeah, there are options, basically, is what we're going for here. And Jack gets screwed over by them. I would have liked it more if the running joke was he never got to move in and it just kept happening. But it only really Like throughout the whole twice. season? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have liked it if after every time uh, this happened to him... Will pulled out a bottle of seltzer water, sprayed Jack in the face, then hit him in the nose. <laughs> His hair frizzed up in the back. Right after he makes the balding joke, he reaches <laughs> and rips the middle part off. I don't want to keep talking about the uh, Three Stooges, but it's that or do you remember the made-for-TV, like the long movie they made that was just super depressing? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was wicked good. It was really like, good, but it was depressing, yeah. Cur- you just see Curly sitting in a lo- alone in a room crying, and then the, the next scene is his tombstone. You go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> 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 but <laughs> anyways, so the next scene, we're in Will's office, and Will's having a meeting with one of his clients, Harlan, who's played by Gary Grubbs. Do you guys recognize him from anything specific? There's one major thing the that OC. I know him from. Yes. He yeah. was Bullet. Yep. Gordon oh, Bullet. That, yeah. This is a dude who's like in our Hall of Fame. If you look through his IMDb, he's got like 500 credits and he's in everything. Like, and he's like a, he's not in so many shows we cover. He's a Christopher Walken type, right? Like he plays himself in a lot of things. Yeah, he just plays that character. He has he's that even in like style. weird shows like Hunter, which I love. So this is the first time we see what Will does. Will's a lawyer and he's sitting with Harlan, his client. And Harlan's like, hey, you know, you're my lawyer. You tell me. What am I going to do to buy this company? And Will says, well, first you're going to get something called uh, Hartscott, Redino, uh, antitrust clearance, and then negotiate sand skills and a lot of jargon. He's like, naturally, that's after we do our due diligence. Gordo, this, I know Gordo's chuckling at this point because Harlan goes, what the hell is due due diligence? 
And that's where I giggled for the first time in this show. The doo-doo, especially in a southern accent. <laughs> the accent made it This funnier. is in my Hall of Fame. If we ever decide to do an S1E1 awards show, which I want to throw out there, we should do. This, this is going to go up there with best poop joke. Well, you'll have to be in charge of that category. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, uh, you, can, you can find the, uh, the categories, too. That's going to be one of those non-televised awards that, that's given out. <laughs> best electrician or whatever shit you just don't see on TV. Do you think I should send him a, a hand-drawn doo-doo and be like, you won the Gordo Award? Yeah, like let us know how it goes. The Gordo. But yeah, so Harlan, after saying, well, what the hell is doo-doo diligence? He's like, no, after we do due diligence. It doesn't matter how slow you say it, Will. It's still doo-doo, isn't it? <laughs> I did find that very funny. I, I did find that too yeah. funny. Now, when you get a good character actor to come in, even for a little part like that, it brings up the whole scene. So now Will's telling him, like, listen, I've been handling your company for five years now. And Harlan's like, I know, just, the wife's been bugging me. You know, she, she wants all this stuff to be a little more hands-on. And he's like, you sure she's not talking about, you know, the business? And he's like, yeah, it was kind of a corny joke, just the, like, hands-on. It's Will trying to have, like, banter with his client that's, like, very, like, guy talk, but it just came very unnatural. I don't know if it's supposed to come off that way. Well, I think the, the joke is, though, that he makes the sad, like, my wife isn't sleeping with me joke. And that's where we're supposed to get the laugh. And then, um, yeah. So anyways, Harlan walks off and he says, uh, I trust you, Will. So you do that doo-doo that you do so well. I feel like that was telegraphed. Did you expect that joke? I thought it was coming. I did. Yeah. I, did. I, I didn't. It's an obvious joke, but I didn't see it coming necessarily. Because it's still a pun, because it's usually voodoo. So, like, it's not, how many more doo-doo lines do we have in us? It's not like a natural line that would that works that way. Depends on what you ate that day. But then um, as soon as Harlan exits, Will um, gets a call from Grace and it cuts to her at work. So now we're seeing the phone call from her perspective. And she's like rummaging around looking for tissues, which I thought was a weird item to be going crazy looking for in your cluttered office. Because she's sad. She's I get she's sad, but like, where are my tissues? Like, go to the bathroom, get some toilet paper or something if you can't find the tissues. And why do you call Will? Because you can't find your tissues. And Will's like, well, why don't you have your assistant do it? Which again, doesn't sound like the right use of using your assistant, like find my tissues. But again, whatever. I've never had an assistant before. I don't know if anybody here has. No, I have not. Didn't think so. I don't know what you ask an assistant to do. I would feel too guilty having an assistant. That sounds like a weird ask. You know, like you want them to make your life easier, but not be your servant. Although I feel like that's exactly what Ferg would do. <laughs> no argument. <laughs> well, it's like, why don't you, you're, you know, you have your assistant to it who's Karen, who we meet in a moment, and we find out she's um she's running late. Will's like, fire her already. And Grace is like, I can't fire her. Her social contacts alone keep my business afloat. And we find out that Karen is like worth a ton of money. And she doesn't actually need the job. But Grace says that she feels working keeps her down to earth. And this is when Karen enters for the first time. And she's blaming her driver for her tardiness, but also said, you know, that's no excuse, and offers to write Grace a check to uh make it up to her which is um guilt to be gone as she calls it as she's writing the check would you like to hear an interesting megan mullally tidbit who plays karen yes go for it yes i would love to hear one she was also offered the role at the same time to be carrie on king of queens which premiered the same day on oh. cbs versus this on nbc and obviously she picked this but she could have been leah remini's role on um King of Queens. I feel like I'm she so wouldn't be good. I'm so torn about how that would have turned out. I think yeah. I, it's just because they both did really well 
on each character, right? It so worked out the way it worked you out. You can't yeah. see the other way going the other way, you know. Right. It should have it should have been the way it was. Right. But are we saying that because that's how we saw it and we don't know it any other well, way? Well, that's it. I mean, you'll never know. But Seeing Megan Mullally and just her other work, though, it just feels like she's a little bit more of an outspoken character. And I think on a show like King of Queens, she needed to play that role down a little bit more normalized, which I think isn't what she's best at. This so is also this is the, the only episode where she doesn't turn the voice on. The second episode is when she gets that high-pitched, squeaky voice, sort of, um, but she speaks in her normal tone in this episode. She I was going to say, it. everything yeah. I really know about this show is basically her, and I think Megan Mullally is hilarious and amazing. I feel like maybe she is better in other episodes just going on the pilot. I feel like her talent is wasted in this episode. Well, that's yeah. one thing, you know, we say not to go ahead all the time, but. One thing was originally kind of some of the idea was her character, Karen, lives in Grace's world and Jack, for the most part, would live in Will's world. And then those two characters wouldn't really cross. But I just think Offset, they saw like the tremendous uh, chemistry that those two had. So then all of a sudden, the two of those, Jack and Karen, became like a comedic duo on this show where they're often put together. Yeah. I mean, she was like the breakout star. She was the thing I knew from this show, even though I didn't watch the show. When uh, it was on, actually, you know? Jack and Jack and her were both the breakout stars. And once they paired them together to, to a degree, like I don't really know. I couldn't tell you who plays Will. Like, I feel like he's the odd man out. Eric McCormick. He really didn't do a whole hell of a lot, honestly. Like Deborah Messing went on to do like a few movies. Um, and she she kind of raised her profile from this. Same thing with Jack. Same thing with Karen. I would say they all had successful careers, just at varying levels of how much. You also, saw them. Eric McCormick's Canadian, and I think he just stuck in the Canadian film and television scene after this. He did a lot of stuff up there that we probably just haven't seen. I'm sure, other than Will and Grace getting rebooted, too, like it's probably financially doing pretty well. well they're doing fine. With yeah. Money. So right. those were so the like, years so- this came out. He starred in that movie Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Remember that? I don't remember that. Actually. I remember the name. I don't remember the. He's movie. like a religious guru character. Yeah, they got him to do uh, infomercials for them. Yeah, it's a weird movie. It's also for a second when I saw that, I was like, I thought that it was Soul Man, the C. Thomas Howell '80s movie, and I was like, Whoa, was he like super young in that movie? And then I remembered that I think they just don't. That movie doesn't exist anymore. I don't think you could even rent that movie anymore. Also, I want to say with Megan Mullally, um, you would also know her as Tammy, too. Uh, Ron Swanson's wife in Parks and Rec, or second ex-wife. Nick Offerman's real wife. Yes, mm-hmm. Nick Offerman's real wife. I saw them both live once. It was great. They started dating while Megan Mullally was on this show. So there's a couple times Nick Offerman appears on Will and Grace in different, two times, I think, in two different episodes. Yeah, he was different, different characters. characters both times. Do we know if she's coming back to the reboot of Party Down? I don't. I haven't looked much into it. I don't know who's involved in that project. To be oh, honest, why don't with I remember her on Party Down? She's just in the second season. She replaces um, uh, the party, super funny blonde woman who's in all the Christopher. Guest oh movies. yeah. Um, oh, I just fuck. can't remember her name off the top of my head. Jane something. Oh, Jane. Oh, I know who uh, you're talking about. Oh, from um, Role Models. Yeah, Jane. Yeah. Um, yeah. What the fuck is her name? Jane Aston um, Lynch. Like nope. Lynch. Is it Lynch? Lynch. No, Someone Jane look Lynch. it up. This is a painful right. conversation. Someone please I think it look is it up. Jane Lynch. Hold on. Jane Lynch. Yeah. We're going with Lynch. <laughs> yeah, that's Show right. me Lynch. Final answer. <laughs> and I, I guess, I didn't even know this. Did you know that 
Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman have a podcast together. I don't know if it's still running, but they they launched one in 2019. Yeah, it, it's been around for a little while. I never really listened to it though. Yeah, I, I actually I don't know if it's still going, but I do remember it being a thing. In bed with Nick and Megan. I'm I'm gonna check it out. Actually, I'm I'm interested. I hope it's still running because I don't want to get involved and then just to find out it's already gone. It's not Parker Posey, right? No, we've already established who it is. <laughs> no, Parker it's Posey. Jane Lynn. What I happened? <laughs> Moving on. Moving yeah. right along. So Will from over the speakerphone says, Karen, tell Grace that she should fire you. And then Karen goes, Gracie, tell Will to redirect his anger at his mother where it belongs. A lot of mother hatred. Yeah. Show. I feel like that's such a common TV It's trope. easy, yeah. And then Grace, eventually, because Will gets off the phone shortly after that. Grace tells Karen, like, listen, I don't want your check. I want assistance. I'm the boss. I give you checks. And that's when Karen's like, Yes, you do, honey, and I love them. And she pulls out a box, and she's been saving every check that she's gotten, because obviously we've learned she's very well off, doesn't need the money. So it's just like, it looked like a stack of Monopoly money when she pulled it out, like these green checks. This also says to me that Grace does not balance her checkbook ever, because right? she should notice that a bunch of these checks are not clearing. Would drive cashed, me yeah. fucking insane if someone yep. did that. Like, me personally. My landlord waits like three weeks to cash a check sometimes, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with That's you? That's why like, I do not I've write personal that kind checks. Of landlord before. I had one that used to wait over a month. So you'd all of a sudden, and this was back when we were young and had like no money. Yeah. So you'd have all this money in the bank and really have no idea how much money you had. And then one day he'd cash like two and a half months of, or two or three months of them. And you'd be like, oh, I've got $7 for the next three weeks. Only bank checks. I only deal with, if I have to write a check, it's a bank check. I want it out of my account immediately. The past few years, I switched exclusively to that. And at the bank, they were like, but you're spending $120 extra a year to get 12 bank checks. And I was like, yeah, but I know exactly the balance. And that's worth the time. I need it out of my account. I need to not think about it. It needs to be gone. It's not up to you when my, when my uh, account balance fluctuates. Grace starts telling Karen about the fight that she had with her boyfriend. And Karen tells her, you know, call him and make up because in the long run, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is. And Grace says, you know, there might not be a long run this time. And Karen's like, wait, Grace, you're what, 40? And she said, I'll be 31 next month. She's like, I rounded up. She's like, Danny's a good catch. You've been living together for a year. Close the deal already. Now, I thought it was interesting because I looked up their ages. Grace was actually about to turn 31. She was 30. Deborah Messing and Megan Mullally happened to be 40. So she's accusing Grace of being 40 when she herself, I don't know what Karen's character's age is, but Megan Mullally was 40 at the time when this came out. So there's a 10 year gap between the two. She got that baby face though. She don't look 40. Well, I'll say even now you flash forward 25 years or so. And she, she looks pretty good for her age. She looks great. She's never looked bad. So she's in her mid sixties now, right? So good genes. Good for, good for you. I will say, though, it's one of those things, too, when you watch these episodes, where it's like, how old are you? It's like, I'll be 31 soon. And be like, oh, you were so much more successful than any one of us would have ever dreamed of being at 31. Every time there's like a sports draft and like, so-and-so born 1999, I'm like, fuck right off. There, sports is a weird arc where as a kid, they're your heroes. And as an adult, you're like, like, I think part of the reason I don't like sports as much as I did as a kid now, it's like. It's like a jaded, like, oh, this crybaby 22-year-old millionaire, fuck off. It's like I can't even enjoy the sports anymore because I'm just so mad at those people. We're reaching an age now where we graduated 18 years ago. There's people who are being drafted into, like, professional sports contracts that were born when we were getting out of high school. 
Yeah. Who have people who were not born during 9-11 are now millionaires playing sports. That we too. get it. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so to move on, um, the next scene, we're back at Will's apartment and Will and Grace are there with another couple who their names are Rob and Ellen, but I don't even think they're ever addressed by their names and they're finishing up with dinner. And you see this so much in sitcoms, like the people our age having to talk about age again, like dinner parties and game nights. Do a lot of people actually do this or do we suck at being adults and friends? No, it doesn't really happen. It doesn't really happen. No, it's just one of those tropes that you see on TV and uh, not happening elsewhere. If we all met up and had dinner and played games, that sounds like a fun night. Yeah, so, that said, <laughs> it would be fun. I feel like the, the dinner party is not really an our generation thing. I think that's more of our, our parents. Maybe more of a game night. Yeah, it's so, like, it's people don't even the cook for themselves title of, of game night or dinner party. It's no yeah. different than just, hey, let's come over and hang out. Right. It's just putting the title on it makes it seem old and something weird. But they're just hanging out as friends. One of the things I've noticed about, I don't know if it's wholly our generation or maybe just, like, our local bubble. We can't seem to do anything that isn't involved with getting hammered. Like, everybody has to, it always has to be a drinking night. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be this big party where everybody's getting drunk. And in a, into our mid to late 30s, it still stands that that's what, like, everybody's celebration is at a bar somewhere. Every every yep. party has to have. So the idea of just going to someone's house and, I mean, you could drink there, you know what I mean? But, like, where it's not based around that, like, people don't want to do it for some reason. So it's, you just never see it happen. I feel like drinking. that's a local bubble thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a point in my life where if you just said, like, hey, want to come by, have dinner, and, and play whatever game, it's not in, embedded in my brain now that, like, oh, I better hit the liquor store first, you know. I'm okay with hanging out on a Tuesday and then going to work the next morning because I didn't do anything stupid the night before. I feel like it just, it always just changes how much I buy. I know that's a terrible thing to say, but if you said that to me, I'd be like, oh, I'll get a six pack. If you're like, it's Friday, we're going to grill all day or Saturday. I'd be like, oh, I'll get a 12 pack. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not, I don't, I feel like I'm not there anymore. I feel like I'm at a point where I'm very okay with not drinking anything but water all evening and I'll be more than okay. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Glub, 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 glub. This is my first today, and that's just because I'm sweating and I needed something with ice. For those of you who can't see what we're doing, Joe is drinking, uh, I think, 40 ounces of bourbon right now. What did they? What did the lawyer say to Johnny Depp? <laughs> what kind of wine was it? A mega pint. A mega pint. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a mega pint of bourbon. But um, to go back to the game night here, the conversation kind of starts with the... The woman from the other couple asking Will if he's seen Michael since they broke up. And Grace kind of cuts in and says, you know, he hasn't, but I have. And pointing out all these faults. Oh, he's gotten fat and he looks depressed and he's been getting these cheap haircuts. And the, the guy who's there is like, I saw him the other day. He looks great. And, you know, you can see what Grace was trying to do there. That was the first moment I saw like, oh, they really are like best friends. Like, yeah. Take yeah. Of Other than him, like her, she's just trying to protect him. Staying there, she's she. It's both ways, and not just like. Yeah, he's also going, going through a break. He just went through a breakup, and I thought that was actually good to bring this up because this is also in this conversation how we find out Will used to live there with his ex, and that's why Jack's moving in now to help pay for the cost because he thought he wouldn't be able to keep up with the place on his own. So it did very quickly tie a lot of things in, which I thought was nice. It was good writing there because it wasn't over the top, but it, it just tied a lot of loose strings together. 
It's definitely good writing because somebody figured, like, I mean, the writers of this show and creators of this show also are people who wrote, like, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. The creator of this show is, like, known for writing over a thousand episodes of television. Like, it's great. And directing a thousand episodes of television. It's just nuts, right? So, like, I feel like you just get so much repetition at that point that you know where other shows have failed because you need to tie up the knots, you know? Only problem is, though, um, you want to make it a money issue, don't make him a successful lawyer. I agree with you there. He Touché. should have had a definitely had a different. He should have been like a waiter or you know worked a blue collar job or something. Where having that giant New York apartment would be way harder to afford. I think it was just a part of having that dynamic. Like I said before, they really wanted to paint Jack and Will as polar opposites, so they wanted it to be like Jack. You don't quite know what he's doing, but Will he has a very nice established job. He's they're just really trying to differentiate the two as best they can. I think, but. Speaking of Jack, this is Jack coming in again, and again, Will forgets about him, and again, he's not offered the opportunity to just stay over that night, so he keeps having to move in and out. It's like, where does Jack keep having to sleep after he thinks he's moving in and is told he has to leave each night? I don't know, but shalom, my prairie dog. I did think uh, he said prairie dog, and I was like, well, there's Gordo again. (laughs) I did think, though, that's an interesting thing where he's like, I have to be out of my apartment. It's like, where is he going? Yeah, I'll just sleep outside. I will say, though, when he came in, I liked his look. The white shirt with the, with the red bandana underneath there. Who he, gets, he, he does later get mocked for the bandana. I don't know, but that was sharp. Yeah. That was sharp in Gordo's book. Uh, there's a very famous movie scene with Al Pacino where they go over what bandanas, what color bandanas in your back pocket and everything stand for in gay culture in like, the cruising world. And I thought that this might have been a reference to that culture. Oh. Did you look into it? I mean, I've seen the movie before. I mean, like, different oh, you... color bandanas are for different sexual activities you're looking to have while you're cruising. Oh, 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 I thought you, you knew the colors. Oh, uh, I don't remember the colors. Oh, okay, no. okay. No, I thought that was a setup. No, no, it wasn't a setup. I was just saying, also, if no one's seen it, Cruising is a really great movie. Uh, Ed O'Neill's a cop in it. Al Pacino's a cop in it. It's pretty great. Isn't the father from Boy Meets World in that? He might be. In any event, during this conversation where Jack finds out again that he has to leave. Grace does offer, like, oh, I can stay at Robin Allen's tonight. They do mention the name, actually, now that I look back. And Jack's like, no, you can't, Grace, because apparently you matter. And Will said, you know, I'm so sorry, but then brings up the bandana. So, like, again, shitty friend, and then makes fun of him for how he dresses. But Jack kind of laughs it off, and we get into another one where Jack kind of explodes on him, but then it ends again with that same, what time tomorrow? Eight-ish? Okay. And he exits. It is. The joke does get funnier with repetition. Sometimes those jokes don't get funnier as they go on. They just make you angry. But this, I thought, worked well as it kept going. I also would think it would have been better if he had more shit. Like, if he was lugging in, like, ten suitcases in the bag. Each time he came back, he had more and more stuff. Damn, that is good. <laughs> That's better writing for... But more and more animals each time, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like Pee-wee at the end with the snakes all over him. <laughs> When, um, after Jack leaves, now game night's about to start. They're going to play Pyramid. And Grace goes, okay, you give, I'll receive. Will says, just as God intended it. We get it. Kind of the simple, get that out there joke. That one surprised me, though. I will say that one, I was a little like, huh, that seems edgier than I thought they'd go for on this show at this time, you know? Yeah, there's another, like, later on, there's some sexual stuff that comes up, too. They, they toy that line. It's not... It's a very family-friendly show, but they do put notes of that stuff in there. But it was very quick, too. It wasn't that like it, you dwelled on it. 
they didn't pause for the laugh or anything like either. So I guess if Ren and Stimpy could get away with it, they can too. Well, the things they got away with blow my mind. But during game night now, as expected, I guess, because Will and Grace are so close, they storm right through all the categories, right? So, you know, just playing Pyramid, if you guys know how the game goes, you set up a situation or like words and you're trying to guess what the theme is. And they get through all of them very, very fast. And Ellen's like, you know, you guys, that was amazing. Grace, you and Danny never do this good when you play, which I thought was weird to say that. Like, how come you don't have this kind of chemistry with your boyfriend? You and your boyfriend suck at this. Yeah. But Grace does follow up and says, you know, I think me and Danny are going to break up. And as she gets into it, she's getting kind of upset and a little emotional and kind of walks off. Will goes, uh, things that bring a dinner party to a crashing halt. The pyramid joke to button the scene. I was I also thought there uh the joke about like the category of things that are dead was another weird one too, because sure John Wayne is dead. But again, it's another weird reference. John Wayne died in the seventies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like if you're writing that joke for a modern sitcom, you say somebody more recent or you try to find some sort of more modern reference. Like if you were like if you told if you said John Wayne to me, I wouldn't go people who were dead. Yeah, but you also don't want one that's too soon because then it's too soon. Sure, but maybe 10 years instead of 25. Yeah, yeah, granted. Also, they combine it with other things that are dead. It's not like he, she didn't just say John Wayne. And he goes, oh, things that are dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, you said Things driftwood. that are dead, partner. I mean, Driftwood, I guess, is dead, but that's also not something if you said, what is Driftwood? I wouldn't be like, a dead thing. I could have been like, things that are dry. John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne certainly is dry by then. Was John Wayne the one that they used in the commercials where they said, like, when John Wayne died, he had 40 pounds of fecal matter in his system? Yeah. Okay. Big Duke Wayne. So, closing that scene, the next one, we're back in Will's office, and Grace is talking to Will on the phone. This is after the news that she was going to break up with her boyfriend. So, Will's asking how it went, and Grace said, not like I thought, and when Will goes to console her, he goes, no, he proposed. And Will, like, snaps his pencil in shock. And that was a whole scene. That was like, that was an absurdly quick scene because it cuts right out of that. I'm curious, did like he propose before she could try to break up with him or did he, she try to break up with him and then he proposed? I was thinking the same thing. Was it a reactionary? Like, I think we should break up. And he was like, I think we should get married. That seems like a scene that would have been good to, to show. Yeah, I should have put that in there. Yeah, it could have been like a where is this relationship going conversation. And then he decided, yeah. Uh, I think they didn't want to make him a character, so I think that's why they made it so the only time you saw him was, like, part of his body walk by. They didn't even show his face. But, yeah, I thought it was really weird how short the scene was. But from there, they do it again with the next scene is also, like, a moment long. Because now we're back at Grace's office, and a delivery man comes with some flowers. And he gives it to Grace. And I think Karen at first thought that they were hers and then realized they were carnations, so not of her class realized they were for Grace. It was like garbage flowers. Yeah. Pulls the card out and she's like, whoa. She's like, I'm surprised you're still walking. And so there's a little ooh and you see Grace kind of blushing a little bit. And she, she grabs the card and kind of laughs to herself. I really want to know what the card said. Well, that was, that was on my too. mind. I'm like, yeah, did he like send her flowers with like a dick pic? Like, <laughs> well, when you, If you ever order flowers for somebody where they ask you for the card, you tell them and then they write it out. So it's not private. Yeah, you're, you're not writing somebody. a card and, ma- and sending it to them like, here, stick this in the flowers. Yeah, they have to type it out. So you're not going to say anything that vulgar. 
Yeah, the only time you can get the card where, I mean, I guess, though, if you went into a florist himself, like, he went into it and said, here, take this card and put it in there, then they would have just tucked it in. That's like a real Tony Soprano move. Yeah, I don't think that's what happened, though. I, I don't think a- that's what happened, because I remember I, I got Kelsey flowers recently, and they, it was I ordered them online, and it was like, type out what you wanted to say, and I thought it was like when you get like a gift receipt from Amazon or whatever, and when she brought them home, it was like, somebody took a pen and wrote out the whole thing, and I was like, oh, I'm glad that I was just like, I didn't go too weird, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was, but yeah, so it seems weird to me that he would write out like, great fucking you for seven hours last night, like, what, fuck, jeez. Glad I'm wiping that pussy up. Showed you that baloney pony. Yeah, maybe that. (laughs) That's probably what he wrote, Gordo. Yeah, and it it closes, though, with her just saying, I can't believe I ever doubted he was the one. So again, it was two scenes in a row that are both tops 30 seconds long, not even. Uh, Which I thought was weird, but they're just trying to kind of push the story through. If it was tops 30 seconds long, I'm sure she'd be walking fine. Yeah. This is also two, you have to remember, commercials on television. And like, this is probably in that weird point in the middle of the episode where they'd always put like short scene, commercial, short scene, commercial, because they need to get as many commercials as. See, I, I, I would agree with you, but I assume the commercial break was at the pencil snap. And then yeah. this was just one scene later. But then this fades out. So was it another commercial after 30 seconds and then another quick scene and then you do it again? I mean, that happens. It does. It's probably an editing issue because this episode is 23 minutes long and the theme song is only like 12 seconds long. We do shows on here all the time that are between 20 and 21 minutes that have long intros. So they packed a lot into this show to still have to fit in the seven minutes of credits for it. So I'm guessing that they probably had to do some trimming on certain scenes. And that's why certain scenes here seem a little cut. They needed like really the key point. Yeah. They're like, what does the scene boil down to? What do we need to include still? Right. From there, the next scene, we're back at Will's apartment, and Will and Jack are having dinner. So Will's like, he's torn up. He's like, I, he doesn't know what to do about this whole situation with Grace. And Jack's like, what's the big deal? You know, just tell her how you feel about the guy. And you tell me, like, stuff about, like, the guys I'm with all the time. He's like, that's different. That's not, that's not like, uh, who you're marrying. That's about Rudy, the Jewish cowboy you met on the internet. Shalom, my prairie dog. Yes. There it is. Weird two cowboy references on this show within five minutes. Yeah. John Wayne and... And Rudy. There was also a nice little moment, too, like, as they're having the conversation where Will cooked dinner for the two of them, and Jack takes that first bite, and he's just like, ah, and he's like, can you just a little more... It's a little dry. Yeah, he want more gravy, I think. Essentially, Jack's like, you have to be honest with her. Will's like, the same thing happened with my brother. And I guess Will's brother at one point asked how he felt about asked Will how he felt about his girlfriend. And Will didn't like her and was very honest about that. Will's brother eventually marries this girl, and now they don't talk. It's very unfortunate. It's a very awkward place it's to be It's a bad situation. In. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I don't think since high school I've ever really had to tell, a, like, you know, that's, that's a tough situation to be in. To tell a friend they shouldn't be with their partner is a tough situation. And then I, if there's anything I learned, especially in those, like, high school era ages, be so careful especially when they break up the first time because such a large percentages of relationships go in for round two that be very careful what you tell your friends about their ex because they might not be an ex for very long. I will say I am guilty of doing that before, but I also held nothing against any of you. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing again. You guys were right. Anyway, we're all hanging out later, right? Yeah. 
this won't start years of alcohol abuse. Everything <laughs> should be fine. I will say you were in mind when I was talking about that a little bit. I was like, I assumed I was. I definitely was like, hey, man. <laughs> and then went, oops, I should probably should have held those cards a little closer to the chest. But um, yeah, that happens so many times with so many people. And I just think that's a, I think a rule of thumb, you should always be a little careful with what you say until you know the coast is clear. And if I know even my own life, the coast is never clear. Like you never, never know who's going to pop back into your life sometimes. They continue to have some banter. Which I thought was like really good for the two of them, by the way, because up until this point, you just see Will picking on Jack a lot. He takes advantage of him, throws him off to the side. He's always making fun of him. So it was good to see a scene where they're just friends and he acknowledges that he needs to be nicer to him. And then also you're seeing why Jack can be a lot to deal with. So you kind of understand why Will acts that way towards him too. So I thought that scene did a lot. I, I thought it was pretty good for that. I mean, this builds up their dynamic a lot more, I think. Again, I feel like this was probably a longer scene, too, though. And they probably had to snip around a little bit. It was a, it was a good size scene, this one. But, um, yeah, because, like I said, Will does acknowledge that he needs to be nicer to Jack as they're talking. And he says it. And Jack's like, yes, you do. And Will goes, because you're a good friend. And Jack's like, yes, I am. And Will goes, and I know it's going to be rough for you. And Jack's like, Will, don't. Because he knows now it's going to go into another joke. Will says, trapped in a man's body like that. And again, it's one of those, because Will said it, it's, it'll read fine. Uh, otherwise, what a mean thing to say to a gay guy saying that he's trapped in a man's body. But um, I guess where, again, they, they let Will be the, the outlet to get those jokes in. And I wonder with the writing staff, if they had. How much representation was there? Yeah, like, were they, yeah, was, was like, know. were any, like, um, any members of the, you know, LGBTQ, it, like, it involved in the writing where, like, any of them writers in the show that. It's not just a bunch of straight white guys trying to make jokes as they think gay guys would say. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I feel like because it was the 90s, probably not, but I would hope there was. But I didn't I didn't look into that. I probably should have because it's an interesting. Because it's different than like if the five of us were sitting here going, that's probably cool, right? They probably wouldn't find that offensive. Yeah, like, we, yeah. we couldn't. We Well, we would know better is the other thing, too, though. If somebody came to us and said, hey, we hear you guys rewriting shows on your podcast constantly. We have this show and it's about five LGBTQ plus people or whatever. Do you want to write it? Nope. All five of us immediately <laughs> yeah. be like, no, nope. like yeah, I'll write it. Yeah. Ferg is going to write it and we're going to not be involved. Not be in associated in yeah. any way, shape or form with it. Yeah. <laughs> I get a question for you guys. Um, so do you think he realized he needs to treat him nicer there? Or do you think he realized he's going to lose grace? So he's being nice to his only other real friend. That's kind That's of a deep question. thought right there. I hadn't thought of that. I did not think of that either. He no. does still button it with a joke, so he still makes fun of him at the end of it. <laughs> but he's making him dinner. He brings him, like, he's being nice. <laughs> well, there is the realization because he, he, not on purpose, but he pushed his brother aside. And he hasn't actually done anything with Grace yet, though. So he's just afraid that if he does the wrong thing, he'll lose her. But maybe, I don't know. I just think it's, I think, like I said, they needed to establish that him and Jack are actually friends. So it's just not him being mean to him the whole episode. So they did need the scene. So I don't know if, if that was more the motivation as to why they injected that in. To me, though, him being mean to him shows that they are friends more because we're all so mean to each other sometimes, you know what I mean? Because we've all been friends for so long and we're all so close that it's never taken personally. It's always just like, that's just how we are with each other. So to me, at least if you have friends like that, I think it can read as they're actually real friends who are close because he knows that's not actually going to cause an issue with them. And I think that comes across too. I think this scene kind of, points that out 
really well, like kind of puts the exclamation point on it that, you know, because if he had said that and they weren't good friends or he was just an acquaintance or something else, I feel like a lot of the stuff that he's doing to him wouldn't fly. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't stay in that type of relationship. Yeah. It would be, it would just, you know, friendships can be toxic as well. And yeah, I think they need a scene to, to balance that. And you wouldn't want to move in with that person. Right. Right. Exactly. It would, it would not be fun to watch that all the time, you know, like on a sitcom, if it was just like a abusive friendship, you wouldn't want to see that nonstop. But, um, yeah, the next scene we're back at Will's apartment and Will's just home alone watching TV when Grace enters. And she asks what he's watching, and he's watching pop-up video, which I love that that got referenced. It's right? super dated, but I love that it came up. Did it two weeks ago. You are watching pop-up video? On Friday night, two weeks ago, before we watched this, we had no idea what to watch. We had made pizza, and we were talking about pop-up video the day before, and I was like, let's see if there's any on YouTube. Oh, okay. I was like, how do you even see it? Or on YouTube. So we watched, like, full episodes of it. Nice. It's still awesome. I, I really enjoyed it at the pop-up time. And if video. For any of you who <laughs> don't no pop-up video it was just on vh1 and they played music videos and it almost looks like now when they show the people texting like how they do that graphic it was just like little bubbles were popping up throughout the music video with factoids about the artist or things going on at the time we refer to that as the big show's daughter yes (laughs) well but uh yeah so will says he's watching pop-up video he goes turns out fiona apple doesn't particularly like apples Apple Brown Betty was invented by a guy named Darren and get this Bobby Darren's dog was named Fiona. And that is a perfect representation of what pop-up video is like. Nailed it. Yeah. They did a good job on that one. Yeah. Cause it would always be like crazy train was written about blah, blah, blah trains that are crazy are actually like, wait, where are we going? What path are we taking down here? And then it would show like picture Ozzy, like doesn't like trains. (laughs) Yeah. But from that conversation, Grace interjects and goes, I said, yes. And Will's like, wait, what? She's like, I said yes, uh, in reference to the proposal. And Will's like, oh my God. And he's like, we need to celebrate. And he gives her a hug, sees the ring, makes a little joke saying, oh, it's beautiful. When's the stone being put in? And she's like, I knew you were going to say that. And Will goes to grab drinks to celebrate with. And she detects something's off, which I thought was good because I thought this was a good indicator of how close they were because Will didn't play it upset and he didn't play it like he was super masking something. He seem genuinely excited but they're close enough that she knows this isn't exactly how will would act i was kind of surprised here when he goes to get drinks that he didn't like hand her a drink and then as she turns around he like pulls a big slug of booze i thought that would be like the joke to play for the oh crowd. like the more slapsticky version yeah, yeah. which which then <laughs> then jack would come in and spray some soda water into to make it a little <laughs> more palatable <laughs> I want to know after the phone call when she said he proposed, where did it go from there? If she's just telling him he, she said yes now. Like, yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> can he just hang up? That's actually a good call. I didn't even think about that. That there's like this giant lapse in time between he proposed and I said yes. But unless she didn't say yes immediately and said like I need to think about it. Yeah, but they should have said that on the phone at least or something yeah. like that. Like that's a good. But you know what? If we weren't deep diving, if you didn't bring it up, I would have never thought about it. So, and this is why we spend hours of our lives dissecting 25 year old TV shows. But I, I, like I said, I do like that Grace was able to sense Will's feet. I just thought it it played well into how deep their friendship was. And Will's like, stop it. I'm happy for you. I want you two to have a great life together. She's like, okay, good. I was just worried that, you know, I wasn't going to get your blessing. And Will offers that. 
and they exchange I love yous and she's like, okay, I need to run. I got to go tell my parents. And then as she's getting to the door, he goes, he says, don't. And she stops like, what? Don't marry him. And then Will goes on to uh, like a long speech. Like he's not good enough for you. And he talks about how passionate and creative and beautiful she is and that she's perfect. And this guy just isn't the perfect fit for her. And she could find someone else and says he's not funny and he's passive aggressive and he high fives after sex, which I personally don't see a problem with. I read the same thing. I was like, that seems fine. He says, Grace, you're so afraid you're never going to get married. You can't even see how wrong he is for you. It's like, I mean, think about it. If you really believed he was the one, would you be asking me for my blessing? And she goes, go to hell, Will. And she just leaves. And again, I want to go back. What's wrong with the high five thing? Nothing. What really bothers me about that whole scene is he's, he has all these good points, but he never once says, if you were serious about marrying him, you were, you uh, were going to break up with him last night. Like, Better point. Like yeah. Better like, point. Yeah. yeah. I, he could have, instead of saying like, you wouldn't even be asking me for my blessing. Cause that's not totally true. You always want your friends and families like well wishes. But yes, if he had said 24 hours ago, you didn't even want to be with them anymore. Yeah. Much better argument. In the shared universe of all these shows in 1998 in New York City, I'm just like, who is this guy she's dating? And did she previously date Elaine from Seinfeld? Or now that they're breaking up, is he on his way to date Elaine from Seinfeld? Because he sounds so much like a character that would be like in a two episode arc of like Elaine's bad boyfriend. Or is Patrick Warburton his putty? Like that's such a high five during sex character. He's got the eight ball jacket on. He's got to support the team. I don't want to keep dwelling on this, but has anyone here not high-fived after sex at least once in their life all right so we've all done it right not that i know of you've never high-fived i don't know oh, i know for sure i said depending on the person there was some it's a high-five <laughs> i get your back on this one yeah it's like good job high-five go about your day butt, like good job boom high-five boom what'd you say what the butt slap, slap the, the butt, butt. Oh, they said suck the butt. I'm like, no. Suck a butt and then high five. Did you say slut the butt? No, I thought you said something. Let's move on from this. <laughs> no, no, no. But What'd you say? No, 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 I, no. I said what I said. Yeah, I, you started this, Jay. I thought you said suck the butt. And I'm like, that's not. <laughs> Listen, don't kink shame. We don't kink shame here. On I'm not here to kink shame anyone. I'm saying that's, Are you saying I'm that's just, your kink? No, I'm just saying that there's probably somebody who listens to us. It sucks likes butt. to suck butt. If you like to suck butt, you like to suck butt. You know, whatever. I mean, there were whole, there's whole occult I'm practices. There's whole occult <laughs> areas talked about succubuses. Yeah, so let's move no, on. Succubus. Uh, there's plenty of videos where you can see people getting sucked on buses. <laughs> <laughs> I like the delay <laughs> I mean, there is. Again, don't kink shame. Okay, I'm pretty Continue. sure I've seen that happen on the Fung Wa. <laughs> sure. But- seen a lot on the Fung Wa. Yeah. I was going to say, there's lots of things on the Fung Wa. That's, is, that, is that all gone? I've seen chickens on the bus. Is that gone, by the way? For, for those of you who don't know, who don't live like regionally, Philly, New York, Boston, the Fung Wa bus was a Chinatown Express, Chinatown to Chinatown, where it was a very cheap bus, and everyone who's been on that bus has a story about being on the Fung Wa. A lot of drinking. I think Megabus is all that's left for that route. So... It was funny. The other day, by my house, the T, the green line, was doing shuttle bus services, and what pulls up is a Lucky Star bus, and it's a Lucky Star, like, luxury transport, like, LLC, and I'm like, that was not the 
There was no luxury involved in that. No, no, but they did luxury. Sh- but for a shuttle bus, that's luxury. That's a good shuttle bus, yeah. You might get a TV working in there. Oh, God, no. No, but there was a shitter in the back. I mean, that's the ideal. That's the only thing that made taking those buses valuable, is if you were going to drink for five hours or six hours straight all the way up, at least there was a bathroom. Yeah, but, I mean, by hour number one, you don't want to use that bathroom. I'm sure many fun law stories to come in future episodes. Yeah, yeah, it'll get... I've been a lot of, a lot of trips. We've got a, a bit of episode left, so I think we should continue forward for those who... Yeah, we don't want to hear us talk about Will and Grace for too much longer. The next scene, we're at Grace's office, and Karen's on the phone, who I assume is her either her maid or her nanny or something. Somebody in her employee. And she's telling her to bring the kids to a toy store. But it sounds like whoever's on the phone speaks Spanish. Karen does not. And during this conversation, Will storms in looking for Grace. And... She, he asks, um, I'm sorry, she asks Will, thank God, do you know how to say toy store in Spanish? And Will does. Uh, Tienda de Jagut I don't know. <laughs> I, I have it written, I, I can't, I don't speak Spanish. You made an attempt, though. Tienda de Jugulets. Jugulets, yeah. huh? Yes. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Joe's down with the clowns, right? I, I, could, I could definitely sing way more ICP lyrics than I want to, because that shit's so funny. I just remember the soup line. No. Bloop. My favorite line of all time. But uh, moving forward, uh, Karen's like, she hears him and says thank you for the translation and says, F-A-O-Y-E Schwarzo, and says, C Rosario, gracias, and hangs up. She says, El Toyo Storo, which yeah. does not age well. It's the, it's still the way people joke about that stuff, though. It's like yeah, it's the still, the, the mo- it's not good. Just add O's to English words and yeah. And add L in front of everything. Will tells Karen he hasn't been able to sleep, he can't get any work done, he needs to know where Grace is. And Karen tells him she can't tell him anything, it's a secret. And he says, what is? He says that she's at City Hall getting married. And goes, oh devil, <laughs> like, because she uh, spilled the beans. Grace enters, crying, wearing a wedding dress. And, and Will tells her, you know, listen, I'm here to support you, like, with this marriage. And Grace cuts him off and says, there is no wedding points to her now ringless finger and grace says do you know why because my best friend that would be the part you're supposed to play my best friend dropped a bomb of poo on my head again gordo i assume chuckling at home i wrote it down yeah was anybody else here i know plenty of people who've been married at city hall yes among us i got married at city hall you are somebody I know who did it very recently. I know plenty of people who did it. Everybody dresses up to a degree. I've never seen one person wear a full wedding dress with a whole veil. Oh, I bet. There's uh, plenty oh, of that. oh, funny that you said that, because as we were in, in Boston City Hall, they, they kind of book you one after another. They're like 15, 15 to 20 minutes is like the rental, quote unquote. As we were leaving... There was another wedding party who was like waiting in the municipal hallway uh, where we were waiting. Literally full blown tuxedos, full uh, groomsmen, bridesmaids in the whole nine yards, bride in the whole nine yards. I'm sure it depends on your situation, right? You, everyone's plans are. You know, you're entitled to it. And I'm not saying you have to get married in a fucking church or anything. I certainly didn't. They might have had a more conventional wedding planned out and like even Gordo like in your case you had different plans and there were circumstances that altered that. 
they might have been at a point where they had dresses paid for, tuxes rented, and then something fell through. And then they were like, well, we still want to get married. This day. Yeah, Grace, and they touch on it. She, she threw that together. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not throwing shade on those people who were getting married after us. Like, you know, we, we gave them a thumbs up and, you know, congratulations and such. Uh, but there was like a parade of like, you could see people coming in who were clearly getting married because the brides were all done, you know, to yep. the nines, just like and, my wife was, you know, like, like they, they all looked great. And, you know, but I don't think Grace... It was a television gag, though. You need the visual of her in the white dress. Well, I mean, they pay off the dress thing, too, at one point. It's for a gag yeah. at the end, but she still, can't... it threw me off a little. But hold on. I didn't think she looked bad. No, she doesn't. She's not even wearing a full-blown wedding gown. She's wearing, like, a white dress with the veil. It's it's not the dress. It's the veil that threw me off. But it, it's for the it's for the visual gag for the sitcom purpose, because if she just, like, rolled right. up in, like, biz cash, it doesn't, it doesn't, like translate the same well it's for what happens to the veil later on too like they yes. have to pay that off or whatever they're setting up that joke but it just seemed insane to me that she was wearing that funny that, that this was like a 90s thing running away from your wedding like there was like her, she ran away from a wedding there's runaway bride rachel from friends our first episode saw she ran away from her wedding it's like a trope of the time mm-hmm. and before we get too far we probably are already too far away from it but i do want to say that after the whole dropped a like poo on my headline it cut to karen who just goes, ew, honey, no. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. I didn't want to, like, completely blow past it. But Grace said, you know, she was fine. But then Will came and poisoned her with the the thorns from the flower. And she goes, you know, I had this whole metaphor worked out earlier, but I'm very upset right now. I actually thought she delivered that line really well. Will says, Gracie, I just want you to be happy. And she said, no, Will, you want me to be alone like you. And that's when Will's like, well, that's really interesting because I never really thought of myself as being alone and walks off. And Karen's like, well, that was harsh. Karen's like, oh, yep, nope, you're right. He's a bad person, very bad. And then pulls out some pills. Grace's like, I don't want any pills. Karen's like, they're not for you, honey. They're for me. And she starts saying, you know, marriage is, marriage is, it just is. And Karen's gone. I mean, I'm sorry. Grace is gone and Karen's just still talking and realizes halfway through that she's talking to herself. She's like, Grace, oh, she's gone. She's gone. I'm sitting here talking to myself like a crazy person. Oh, listen to me. I'm still doing it. And I don't know. The way she went about it, um, I thought her comedic chops are on point at that point. No, I mean, she's so funny. And I do like the idea, too, that she's like, she's rich. She doesn't drive. She has a driver. She's probably just on these pills all day long. Oh, that's yeah. why she is the way she is, yeah. you know? So that, I think, gives you a little insight oh, into yeah. her character. And that's, like, one of the few moments where I'm like, oh, they're not wasting her in this scene. That, I think, is a weird TV trope, too. It's, like, the idea of, like, middle-aged women who just pop handfuls of pills is always, like, this comedic device all the time. Since the 60s, it's, like, the whole Mother's Little Helper thing is. Well, I mean, well, I mean, now the mother, the mother's little helper is wine. They they do a lot of wine. Yeah, back then it would have been what Valium. Yeah, it would been Valium or like some sort of you know tranquilizer or down or whatever. But now, yeah, you can't go anywhere without like this isn't a glass of water or it's red wine water. Like everywhere has like the stupid things. Like this is my red red wine drinking mug, and everything is wine, wine, wine everywhere. Like walk into a Michaels. It'd just be like, what the fuck? People are obsessed with this. Go on joke. Etsy. <laughs> yeah, Etsy. Type wine into Etsy and see how many listings pop up. Nick, you're our only wine drinker on the panel, right? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't. I can't find one I enjoy. I've, I don't know. I've tried. It's not for me. I mean, I really like it. It's like a good food pairing thing. Like, I very rarely just go and 
drink a bottle of wine. That's a lie. That's not rare. I've definitely done that a bunch of times. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'm drinking one right now. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I haven't drank wine in a while, actually. Usually just with, you know, like a nice dinner. I always like barefoot Moscato. I've tried a bunch. That's People always say, you'll find one for you. Wine. <laughs> like, it yes, it's technically is. it is wine, but it's like the juice of it's so sweet like talk about a hangover by that's the way. why i like, like it that's why it's, i don't drink wine it's yeah. sugar guaranteed hangover every time like worse than anything else i drink yeah i mean if you're gonna go tie one on with wine only get ready because it's gonna suck one time i threw up wine all over jay's floor on the I brand remember new, carpet. new rug yeah. <laughs> brand, brand new, new carpet rug. that was after you worked it was your christmas party right my work Christmas party, I got completely blackout drunk. I got thrown out. I tried to fight a bouncer who we later found out was a friend and coworker of my dad's. You guys found me on the train, <laughs> saved me, and then I paid you back by throwing up on your mom's brand new rug. Thank you. I, I paid it forward by throwing up on Nick's rug. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it can get paid forward. Yeah. It's even funnier because Jay's mom used to make us take our shoes off to even walk across that rug. And I'm sure my shoes were. And on it. <laughs> I want to say in both instances of when Joe threw up in my rug and then when I threw up in Nick's rug, both times I think the rug was like brand new. I it was. That times, rug, yeah. I'm not even kidding. That rug hadn't been down for five hours when you threw up on it. <laughs> so fluffy. <laughs> yeah. I had drank a whole bottle of gold sugar and a bunch of rolling rocks. And apparently unchewed chicken fingers. I think that's folklore. <laughs> I think that's one of those legends that you, have, you guys have let run away For with some you. reason, so like this is happening and I had to pull Jay, who at the time was a much larger version of Jay. So I'm dragging Jay's lifeless body as he's puking and the best option aside from the brand new rug was off the rug and onto, we had like central air and heat yeah. and just threw oh. up into the fucking vent. In the th- and I was like, this is, this is awful. <laughs> there goes the rug. We used to be a yeah. lot more fun. You replace the rug and then turn on the heat. And- <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there was a bunch like, of girls at that like party. Johnny Depp's bed in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> or Johnny Depp's bed with Amber Heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any event, moving forward, uh, the next scene's at Will's office, and Will's at his desk, and Grace enters, and Grace is still in her uh, wedding dress, and she says, you know, Will, I'm so sorry for what I said back there, and as she walks in, the door had caught her veil and, like, snapped her head back, and Will has to, like, run over to, like, open the door for her, and that's the little gag you get. That's, like, the payoff to her having this veil on. Still having the veil on all this time later. It was acknowledged that what was said was mean, and Grace said, you know, this morning on the way to the ceremony, Danny looked at me and said, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. And I turned to him and said, you know, the limo has a phone. And she realized it wasn't right. She just didn't feel the same. And no, I thought that was a decent line. It was, that was the moment she. The limo to the city hall. That's a little, little much. Okay. So my observation about the clothes is a little much, but what if those people who were at your wedding after you took a limo there, would you begrudge them that? I wouldn't begrudge, but I think it's a little much. See, I think in the interest of, you know, if you're going to have a town hall wedding, I imagine, you know, a a large portion of that is to save money for more important things after you're married, right? Correct. So why not on that day splurge on something that's not going to really break the bank? Like, you know, limo service for the day is going to be, you know, a few hundred bucks and you kind of get to cap the day off with, you know, something more like wedding related too. So 
I don't so think it's weird. I think you're in a notoriously hard to park in city, right? And most people don't have cars in New York. So that's either them taking a train or a cab or a you limo. Can, right? you, can hail a, you can hail a limo. That's like something that's being overlooked. You can hail a limo in New York City, just like you can hail a cab. We did I've, hail I've a limo. done it. Yeah, we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that was possible. Yeah, so that's, that's, that could be what happened, too. I would say, though, when you, to dissect, as we do, it sounds like, because it was mentioned that they were planning a bigger wedding, and then it became a, let's just get married now, like a flash decision. So if that's the case, they probably wouldn't have rented a limo. She wouldn't have had a dress ready. That's where that stuff doesn't really tie in. Because it looks like they were planning something down the line and just suddenly went, fuck it, let's do it right now. And um, after that, she's asking, you know, why wasn't this right? You know, he's attractive, smart, he loves me, and she can't figure out what's wrong. And Will reminds her about a French film that they saw together when they were both in school. And there were these two people who were perfect for each other, but they never crossed paths until the end of the movie where they finally meet on a plane. And he tells her she's just in the middle of her movie right now. That was actually a nice little story. Like, I thought that worked well to say, like, you're in the middle of your movie. I did look this up to see if I could figure out what movie they were talking about. Not 100% sure. I don't know a ton of French films, but I'm pretty sure it's either a movie called A Man and a Woman, which would make sense to the quote, or possibly a film called Last Year at Marianabad. Okay. So if anybody out there knows who's better at French film, let me know. Or, Joe, if you could, before we uh, meet again next week, if you could just watch both of those films and let us know. I will. I will do that. Thank you. We oui, we. Oui. Will Will follows up though. He says Danny was a plot point. He was like nice, decent, post cordial high fiving. Again, I don't know why we're going to shame this so much, but nothing wrong with a high five. And uh, but he says there's still some time. You're in the middle of your movie. Go get some raisinets. She said I like red vines. And we've had the movie talk conversation a little bit. Did we talk specifically movie snacks? We did, I think, because I remember saying I do like raisinets. We mentioned raisinets because yeah. Ferg, oh, we were talking about candy bars in general. And no, then Ferg, just candy in general. Yeah. And Halloween, and then Ferg talked about his disdain for raisins, and we said right. we like raisinets. I never got candy in the movie theater. I always just got popcorn. Well, if you got raisinets, you still didn't get candy, because it's not candy. It's fruit. It's covered in chocolate. Raisinets absolutely are candy. I love raisinets. Bullshit. I'll say, if I go to a movie, I'm very simple. Like, I need the what in my brain is a movie experience, so I get a like a a popcorn, a buttered popcorn, and a soda. I know, because you're a basic bitch. That's what I get too, Jay, so I'm sorry. I actually... Yeah, popcorn and a soda, that's what you're supposed to get. Unless I actually it's a place mix it as beer. raisinets and popcorn in my hand and eat them together. It's really Some good. people put them into the thing too and mix them all up. Raisin popcorn! <laughs> <laughs> your tone! Hold on, Ferg. What, how many snacks do you get? It's just candy, right? I can assume you're only eating candy and get like an icy? I just get a bunch of sour patch watermelons, maybe some ice cream. Nachos if I'm feeling it. I do get I do get popcorn. Nachos seem weird to me for a movie too. Also, whoever's editing this episode, please isolate Ferg's audio there because that was so great. But yeah, also and quick tangent because we are running pretty long. The um the red vine comment, I feel like I've had red vines. They're okay. I'm more of a Twizzler guy, but I feel that's a real East Coast, West Coast thing. What the hell is red vines? Twizzlers. It's like red licorice, yeah. but it's way oh, more gross. West Coast prevalent than it is East Coast. It, but it doesn't have um, the twists. That, no, it doesn't even have that licorice flavor to it. It's a different candy altogether. It's just kind of the same shape. They have it at the Walgreens next to my work. I'm going to buy some and test it. AMC theaters have it, and you can actually get them at CVS. I saw it in town today, actually. But, um, but moving forward from there, we, um, we get to the final scene, and because... This closes with Will asking her, do you want to get a drink? So they head to a bar. 
And now Will and Grace are drinking and there's like lots of patrons present at the bar. Every single person there is holding a brown bottled beer, which I thought was just a really weird. Thing. Yeah, it was but the like, same you give thing. Some people glasses, you know. It was the it's same thing scene. at the card game too. They looked like root beers. Like it didn't even look yeah, like. Beer. Yeah, it's like uh, was it IBC or whatever? Yeah, IBC. Great root beer. Delicious root beer. They're all at the bar, and basically everyone there thinks that Will and Grace just got married because Grace is in a wedding dress. And one of the guys says to Will. I want you to make a toast to your lovely new bride. And the crowd's all cheering. Yeah, 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 do it. And he goes, Will says, here's to the old ball and chain. If she makes it through the night, ba-bing, I think I'll keep her. Playing into his, what do I think a straight man would say in this moment? Really, like, leans into the stereotype. Everyone's on board. It's very actually dice. We we just did um Bless This House with Andrew Dice Clay, if you haven't heard it. It's very what Andrew oh. Dice Clay would say in the moment, right? Now, Grace is like, oh, it's my turn. And she gets up and says, to my will, you're my hero and my soulmate, and I'm a better woman for loving you. And you get the odds from the crowd. And then the guy again goes, hey, come on, you two. How about a kiss? And I don't know. It was an honest request. This guy came off so creepy to me. Yeah, that's Watch weird. Watch kiss. This seemed like the end scene to A Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> it did uh, not seem like the bar. I don't. I wouldn't say. Yeah, it would... I compare it more to the monsters. Like, hey, take off the mask, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you have a kiss there, fella? I'll say it's far more that than it was ass to ass. <laughs> it's not the Requiem for a Dream scene. I didn't say it. You just said it. That is the scene in question that you meant. Um, but so they kiss, and it's actually, it's not like a quick peck. They have a pretty good kiss a passionate kiss and i guess it's to make at first it's like wait a minute is there something there they pull apart and grace goes nothing anything he goes sorry nothing and that was the close of the show so they have this nice kiss they go wait maybe there's something between them nope will is still very gay if i had my way this whole scene wouldn't have happened and they would have taken that time and put it towards some of the other scenes that they cut short that we talked about earlier and it would have ended with them leaving to go to the bar. Because I didn't think any of this was necessary, where they cut out necessary stuff earlier. I would have added more Megan Mullally. I kind of like the kiss, though. That kind of that that was that was nice. I mean, but the, I feel like they could have figured out a way to do that without this scene. Well, I, it was a nice button. I'll say that because usually with these shows, it's like the guy and girl. It's the build up to if they're not already married, right? It's the build up to when do they finally kiss. But in this case, Will's gay. So there's not going to be that typical buildup. So it's almost like, let's address it, have the two characters kiss, establish that there's no sexual chemistry between them, and let's move forward. So I, I'm kind of glad that they touched on it right away. I feel like they're planting seeds. I don't know. Kind of weird. No, I thought that was to debunk the seeds almost, to like say, like, listen, there's nothing there. In any event, that's the close of the episode. Um, any other notes you guys want to hit on before we move forward? I think talking about this episode <laughs> like Grace for two hours yeah. is enough. We talked a lot about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with that being said, I guess there's nothing left to do, but just head on over to the green light or cancel. So I will go in the order I see you in. Gordo, starting with you. I'm going to green light it. It wasn't a bad show. This is the thing. It wasn't a bad show. Like, this definitely, it's not what the show becomes, but I'm trying to not make that influence my decision but i feel like there was enough there i feel like it it wasn't terrible like you could keep it on in the background i wouldn't seek it out 
but I could see this being somebody's cup of tea. Not really mine to seek out on a weekly basis, but good enough for like, I want to see what happens in episode two. You know, green light. Ferg. Cancel for me. Um, I didn't hate the show. Um, I didn't like the show. It, I didn't have enough. I didn't have enough to like hate watch it and enjoy that. But I, I didn't laugh at all. It, it was a sitcom that never once made me laugh, and I have no urge to watch any more. Um, I, I really don't have any more to say about it. It's a cancel. Joe, I will say I did come around a little bit in this episode, just as we discussed it. But I just thought the show. Again, I'm going just on the pilot. I thought this was a very, very boring show. I think they wasted uh, Megan Mullally, who everyone says is super funny later on in the show, and she's always super funny. I just don't think they gave her much in this episode. Um, This is not one that I'll go back and revisit. Uh, It's a cancel for me. Nick? That's a green light. Um, I had not really watched a ton of this show. I mean, obviously I knew what it was, but... I hadn't seen a lot of it, and to see it from the beginning was interesting. Um, the show as a whole, I agree with the whole, there isn't a ton of comedy in it. Um, but what was there was funny to me. Uh, it The whole show is endearing, it's wholesome, it's, um, you do, I, I, I did appreciate the characters, um, and it was just kind of a fun watch. I did find myself interested in seeing what else happens because you know i have no idea what these people go through in the rest of the you know 200 plus episodes so uh i would not turn off the second episode of this so it is a green light for me so i am now in a tiebreaker situation and uh, i've been very conflicted i feel like out of all of you i think i agree with most of gordo's points but oddly enough i agree with him and i think i'm gonna vote the other way and cancel now it's I think the show's fine, and I know enough about the show to know that there's a lot of, we said, like, uh, Jack and Karen's characters become more of a comedic force together. There's a lot of that stuff. And I thought it was good. I really liked, I've said this a bunch of times throughout the episode, the dynamic between, like, Will and Jack and playing two male gay characters completely different. I thought that was done well. I think they all have a lot of good chemistry. I thought the writing was pretty smart, but it was just pretty dull. There wasn't a lot there. And... Honestly, the show is not made for me. It really isn't. And there was no character that I could identify with. So I think that's probably a big chunk of it. So for me, it just didn't, it just didn't click. Uh, I didn't dislike it. I've seen episodes in, outside of here that I enjoyed. But based on just this episode a lot, uh, alone, not a lot of meat on the bone. So I'm going to have to cancel. That being said, only two out of five. So I'm sorry, Will and Grace, you are being canceled. So uh, my apologies, but that being said, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you to everybody who listens. Don't forget to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to subscribe to us, rate, review, follow our social medias. We'd really like to push for that one. S1e1pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow there. We post plenty of content almost daily. So please go there. Give us a check out. Interact with us. Talk to us. Um, A lot of shows that people recommend to us we discuss and then put forward and make episodes about so hit us up there but that's it that's all the time we have for this week thank you everybody we'll see you again next week thank you goodbye i think we got the best pandemic racy do do